Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the show. Chris Priest Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Got a big show today, of course. Uh, Premier League preview show is upon us. I'll be joined in the next segment by top handicapper from picksandparlays.net, Al Ninos. He, Al and I will go through. We've chosen the three Premier League matches to uh, take a in-depth look at the betting on and to give you... A couple of really nice pointers on Al and I take different approaches. I like to uh, swing uh, for the home run, so to speak, with the money line. Al likes to go for the pick and where you're hedged against the bet. But anyway, really fun stuff. Hope you'll check that out. And then don't worry because uh, I'll go through all the other Premier League matches this weekend uh, and give you uh, my thoughts and opinions on them and whether or not I give you a betting pick on them or not. is uh, We'll have to see if there's anything good there. Um, but that's what's on the table today. I, I do love this time, of course, the Premier League hot and heavy throughout the silly season, this Christmas holidays, the Christmas schedule, the holiday schedule, very compre- compressed. Uh, we do have some uh, big moves getting ready to make. Uh, Liverpool already have made their first signing, although the window is not officially open yet, uh, but I believe that will happen on January 1st officially, but everything else is done. We'll talk about that, and of course, Everton uh, waiting in the wings to hear about Carlo Ancelotti. And Arsenal do appoint Mikel Arteta as their permanent boss. And I do have a few thoughts about that. So I'm going to get into all of that on the show. Uh, So never fear. There will be plenty of discussion about the hot topics in the Premier League right now. And of course, the World Club Cup final is this weekend as well. Uh, Liverpool are facing Flamengo in Qatar for the World Club Cup final. This was the reason that Liverpool sent the under-23 squad to face Aston Villa, who then beat them 5-0. In the in the League Cup uh, during the week, because of course they had a uh, World Club Cup game in Doha the very next day, so they really didn't have a choice. So, uh, look, all good stuff. We're going to chat about it all. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber N I C K G E B E R. I'm going to take a break. Uh, in the meantime, though, if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, I welcome you to the show. And, of course, if you're listening uh, and you miss some of it and want to hear it again, you can always find this show immediately following our broadcast. is available on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. Big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. I'm Nick Eber. This is Fifth Street Soccer, and I will be right back. Well, we're back. Great to be with you. Premier League is back this weekend. Oh, thrilled for it. By the way, checked out the uh, World Club Cup. Good stuff. My team, Liverpool, doing quite well. By the way, Monterey put up a terrific game. In fact, both the World Club semi, World Club Cup semifinals, I think, were much harder fought than people thought. Uh, Flamengo had a very, very tough game against Al Hilal and uh, Liverpool, an equally as tough game against Monterey, who really put up a good fight. But enough of that. Let's talk Premier League. Let's bring to the show a good friend of mine, star handicapper at picksandparlays.net, 
Al Ninos. Al, we've picked three really good games today, I think. Yeah, three good, great games. I really like, uh, really looking forward to giving these picks out and uh, betting them myself. So, yeah, yeah, let's get to them. You know, there are certain times. Uh, look, I do Premier League preview on Fifth Street Soccer every Friday. I cover every game. There are some of these games that sort of curate because they, they look really good from a sports betting perspective. Not every weekend are there matches that look this good. Not every weekend are there clear favorites in plus money territory. We have that going today. Al, you and I have slightly different betting strategies, but I think the three matches that we've picked today, we are in unanimity. We could almost be in politics together, Al, because we've got <laughs> it going here. Why don't we start, shall we? Let's start... Um, Everton Arsenal. This one is at Goodison Park. Everton are so far unbeaten under interim man manager Duncan Ferguson. They had a home, that home win against Chelsea. They drew at Old Trafford uh, and they drew Leicester City in the Carabao uh, and, and they beat Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. Uh, the Ancelotti, uh, pardon me, and they drew uh, Leicester City in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Ancelotti hasn't quite arrived yet at Goodison. He's on his way, and I think you know it's either we could talk about this briefly, but I mean it's either. You know, is the manager, is this what he's worth now? Or is, when you're looking at Everton, is this what they're worth now? If you understand what I mean, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but look, Duncan Ferguson's bring a lot of renewed energy to the toffees after Marco Silva. Uh, for Arsenal, what a disaster. Dumpster fire, train wreck, 10th in the league, 5-7-5. Five, five. Uh, they only won win uh, in nine. They're a defensive disaster, Al. Late goals, no soul. That's the way I think of Arsenal. Late goals, no soul. Mikel Arteta, though, the new manager, should be in charge. Not a particularly exciting appointment for me. I think Arsenal dead man walking. Uh, Al Everton at home, plus 186 on the money line. Arsenal plus 143, the draw plus 272. How do you see this one? Yeah, this should be, I mean, we're looking at three great games here. And, um, yeah, I think uh, Everton, you know, to answer your question, I think it's been a bit of both. You know, I think uh, the new coach has done great for them. And as I said before that, I think uh, – They've always had like a good squad, so uh, it's all coming together for them uh, pretty nicely here, and I think they're in a good spot, and we're still getting some good value on them. And um, I like a uh, few looks on this game too. So I like um, I like the over three goals here. I like Everton at a pick'em at uh, minus uh, one twenty-eight, and uh, I like the over. I do like. Unfortunately, I still uh, think they have some problems in the back, so I do think Arsenal gets a at least a goal here, too. And I do like both teams to score in this game because, obviously, I think Everton's going to outscore Arsenal. <laughs> well, no, right. And I think that's a great... Uh, I mean, I think going with the over is the way to go on this one, Al, because uh, Arsenal have no defense to speak of. They're very soft in the middle of the park, too. They have some really good attacking options. We'll all agree on that. I mean, guys like Aubameyang, uh, Lacazette, I mean, these are good players. Maybe there's got four good players on the team. <laughs> the rest of them are pretty bloody awful. But, you know, Everton have been underperforming horribly during the season. I mean, they've actually got a good squad with the likes of Richarlison uh, as a great example on that squad. Uh, they're going to score goals. Uh, maybe they're not as defensively fragile as you might think they are, Al. Uh, Duncan Ferguson instilling a little bit of verve and vigor in them. And, of course, uh, Ancelotti's arrival. I think they're going to all be playing for a... Um, for a spot on the starting roster and want to look good for one Italian gentleman when he comes. We agree on this one. Let's move along. Next game, shall we? Um, I tell you what, this one to me is actually the easiest of the three games to pick. Uh, this is Tottenham versus Chelsea. This is at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 
Uh, Tottenham a fifth, Chelsea a fourth. Hey, look, if Tottenham win this game, they will leapfrog Chelsea. They'll move into fourth spot. They'll move into those Champions League spots. Chelsea will drop down. Uh, Spurs, they've turned it around, though, under the special one, Jose Mourinho. Uh, as I said, the win here will leapfrog them. Uh, look, they've, uh, they're 4-1 under Mourinho. I mean, it's that simple. They went from just horrible. They went from just a disaster waiting to happen, uh, you know, under Mauricio Pochettino, who's, who's a great manager just way past his sell-by date. And they've just been on a roll since Mourinho came in. Chelsea, on the other hand, kind of in the opposite situation right now. I think Lampard had his early managerial bounce. Uh, but I think once that transfer ban got lifted, I think this sort of cohesion that these young players had, knowing that they would have the full season to work it out, I think that's gone by the wayside. And I think we're starting to see the wheels come off on the bus. They've lost four of the last five, including last week's 1-0 home loss to the Cherries, of all people. Um, I, you know, I think Lampard has reached the limits of this team. I like Spurs at home. Uh, you're going to take the pick em. I'm going to take the money line. 154 for Spurs, Chelsea 177, draw 262. Al, how do you see this one? Uh, yeah, again, you know, Chelsea, uh, they had their wins, but they're, they're struggling lately, and uh, Tottenham's pick, really picked their play up. So uh, much better form right now, and uh, I think, you know, they got probably the best coach in the world to uh, back them. So he'll be probably the one that's wait, most wait. eager to get this win against. I I'm sorry. Did Jurgen Klopp move from Liverpool to Tottenham Hotspur? <laughs> no, not yet. Sorry. Oh, you mean yeah, Mourinho? I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the other guy, best that, the other best world. coach in the world. Ah, the, other, right. the other best coach in the world. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I don't think I think he'll be uh, the one looking forward to this game the most. You know, going up against his old team, and he'll be in a good spot here to, to get himself the win again. As you said, uh, I'm going again for the safer option at a pick him, laying a bit of juice at minus one thirty. But uh, I think we got the right side with Tottenham here. And uh, worse, again, it's a push on the draw, I think. But uh, I really think Tottenham's going to get this one. So I can't blame you for going for the plus money. And again, I also like the over in this game. And uh, I kind of like both teams to score. Chelsea coming off that, um, that uh, yeah, scoreless what, uh, what loss. What is the total day. on this one, though? I got it at uh, 3, minus 103. Ooh, I don't know if I like the total the over on this one. That's where I'm leaning with it. I'm not playing the under here. Um, I might avoid and, uh, it. I'll tell you what. Defensively, these teams are not that bad at all. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Mourinho, he's a pretty defensive manager. I mean, you know, he's known for a bit of a snooze fest out there, but getting it done. Uh, and Lampard's kids, yeah, they like to push forward. But defensively, Chelsea are not that bad. But okay, Al, you and I can disagree on that. You'll take the over. We can disagree on one. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on it. I just won't bet it. I, I, I'm not sure it's going to be the under or the over. I think it's just uh, to avoid. Money line. Go for the big payout. Okay, next up. Uh, this one I love, Al. This one I love. I love relegation six-pointers because they're what makes – this is what differentiates the Premier League and, and global soccer from American sports in general. You've got two teams at the dead bottom of the league right now. Well, not quite. Uh, Villa 17th, Southampton an 18th in a 20-team uh, league. 
Obviously, 18, 19, and 20 will get thrown out of the league at the end of the season if they're still in that position. It's like musical chairs. So this is a relegation six-pointer. Aston Villa do not want to lose to Southampton. They will go into the relegation zone if they do. Southampton, of course, want to beat Villa, get out of the zone. Uh, Villa under Dean Smith, they got a big 5-0 win over Liverpool's under-23 team in the Carabao Cup in midweek, of course, because Liverpool, the uh, first team, was playing in Doha in the World Club Cup. We can talk about that another time. Uh, Villa won one and three in the last five, but their losses come to like Leicester, Chelsea, Sheffield, and they drew United, which was a great result for them. Uh, this is a critical run of fixtures for Villa, Villa Al, because they, you know, they, they want to get themselves well clear of the drop. Uh, they've got Southampton here, then they've got Norwich away at Carrow Road, and then they've got away at Watford. They need points. These three matches, there's nine points for the taking. Villa, I think, a better team than any one of those three. Southampton, well... Looks like Hassenhudel had turned it around, and then they had two losses in a row uh, against West Ham and Newcastle. They're back in the drop. Uh, they're tied on points. Villa, better goal differential. I'm taking Villa at home, plus 118. Far away, you got a minute and a half. Yeah, again, I'll have to uh, agree with you there. But again, I'm going for the uh, pick-em, uh, minus uh, 127. And uh, again, I, this is the one I don't see many goals in. I like uh, the under three goals in this one at minus 116. All right. And, well, yeah, I, I was mistaken, Al. We're out of time. Always a pleasure, Al Ninos. I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. I want to thank Al Ninos, last segment, for coming on with me, talking a little Premier League betting. We picked three games for you. And, of course, I'll be getting to all the other games in the Premier League here shortly. But I do want to touch on the Mikel Arteta situation. Uh, Mikel Arteta, who was the assistant coach at um, Manchester City under Pep Guardiola, former Arsenal player, former Everton player, has now taken the uh, the helm, so to speak, at Arsenal Football Club, taken over by Unai Emery. In uh, and it's interesting because you know I look, I can only assume that the ambition of a club is indicated by the people they want to bring in and around the club. And and whereas Mikel Arteta may well be respected as a coach, uh, may well be respected as uh, obviously a former player, former captain. I mean I, I mean his playing credentials are really uh, are really not uh, in question here. But how many former players have we seen that have made you know, superstar players that have made crappy managers. And, and I, I would suggest to you that there's there's a fair number of them. And that just because you are an excellent player doesn't mean you're an excellent manager. And Arsenal Football Club, who were under the stewardship, I suppose, is, is really the... Uh, best way to put it, for 22 years of Arsene Wenger, won the Premier League in 2003-2004, didn't lose a match, FA Cups in 2003-2005, League Cup, League Cup double, 97-98, 2000-2001, I mean the list goes on about Arsene Wenger's achievements. Uh, Arsene Wenger also managed pretty much, pretty much, every year to ensure Champions League football for Arsenal. 
So that's what you're coming off of, much like at Man United when Alex Ferguson left, for example. I mean, you're coming out off a legendary manager, a man who has stamped his very soul on the club. And replacing that person is incredibly difficult. You saw it at United. Remember uh, Alex Ferguson, his handpicked successor was David Moyes? Well, I don't think they gave Moyes enough time. Uh, I think they, they, they executed him way too early. Uh, but at Arsenal, you know, it's not been quite the same, has it? I mean, they went, if you look at Arsenal managers and you think about how long, just how long Wenger was there. I mean, it's, uh, it is uh, r- ridiculous, right? I mean, <laughs> Unai Emery took over, and he was there for, what, a year, if then? I mean, I, I, I guess. Not quite. He wasn't, he wasn't there that long. I'll tell you exactly right now. Unai Emery was there from May to November, May 18 to, yeah, okay. So he was there from, uh, uh, for a year and a half, 78 games in charge. 43 wins, 16 draws, 19 losses. He had a uh, 55% win rate. Wenger had a 57% win rate. By the way, George Graham, who was the other legendary Arsenal manager, was at the helm for God knows how long, 460 games for, for almost, what, uh, nine years? He had a 48.9% win rate, but they did win a lot of stuff. Look, I mean, under George Graham, they won uh, the First Division twice, they won the FA Cup, they won the League Cup, they won the Cup Winners' Cup, the Charity Shield, blah, blah, blah. And under Wenger, of course, they won the Premier Champs three years and three years. Uh, they won the FA Cup, uh, gosh, how many times did they win under Wenger? Seven FA Cup wins under Wenger. And Charity Shield, Community Shield, equal the number of times. They won a lot of silverware. So, you know, replacing that guy is problematic. And then you bring in Unai Emery, who is, it was a man with no particular uh, plan B, which was really the problem. And also he inherited a, a squad that was uh, very much on the... On the uh, on the outs, much like, much like Alex Ferguson. I mean, I think he recognized that the squad, uh, that the, that the machine, the conveyor belt at United, uh, wasn't producing the players that it should. That the future was one of rebuilding. And I think Ferguson looked at it and said, you know, I'm not up for this anymore. And I think, much to the same degree, uh, Wenger was of the same vein. So they bring in Unai Emery, and he doesn't last long. They bring in Freddie Lundberg for five games. His his win rate is 20%. And then they bring in Mikel Arteta, who has never managed a club before. So I'm sorry, Arsenal fans. I'm sorry. Uh, At a time when Everton are looking at bringing in um, Carlo Ancelotti, you're looking at Mikel Arteta as the savior? And yeah, great captain, don't get me wrong, great player, lovely guy. Understudied Pep Guardiola. But, uh, why? Is this the ambition of the club? That's the question. Is this the ambition of the club? Again, I have nothing, no, no axe to grind with Mikel Arteta. He may prove to be a terrific manager. 
I'm sure he has certain chops that are, are well respected, and certainly by you know we're understudying Pep Guardiola. Uh, you've done okay, although I must say Guardiola not having exactly one of those banner seasons. I think it's indicative of the downfall of this great club. And the downfall of this great club is due solely to ownership. They've got a big stadium. Supposedly it's paid for. But their ambition falls short. Their ambition falls short in the transfer market. Their ambition falls short... Uh, on the sidelines and the manager's dugout. Some of the highest ticket prices in football. And they don't have the results to prove it because they just won't splash the cash. Remember the whole um, Luis Suarez affair where they found out what his what they thought his release clause was and they offered one pound above it? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's... It's embarrassing, to be honest with you, and and and, and I and I get that nobody likes to squander and waste money. But you know, if you're in, if you if you own a professional football team in the Premier League, you know what? You're going to have to spend money, otherwise you're going to be like Norwich, or you're going to be like Watford, and you're going to go to the Championship. And and I just wonder if we're looking at an extended period of time now where Arsenal are going to be mid-table at best. And it's very possible. I don't... I'm not seeing any signs at the Emirates that they are willing to do what it takes to compete with... And I'm going to say it now, and and please don't hate me, Gooners, with the big boys. Because Arsenal are not a big boy anymore. I'm sorry, bringing Mikel Arteta in as your life-saving manager when you have five wins and 17 games on the season and your mid-tables firmly in 10th place coming off a loss, 3-0 loss at home to Manchester City, the current champions. That's not ambition. And you're now going to face a club in Everton who are going at Goodison Park on Saturday, who, even though Duncan Ferguson will still be in charge, are 99% for sure bringing in Carlo Ancelotti. Bayern Munich, Juventus, Real Madrid, Chelsea, you know the list of, of clubs. Uh, Napoli, you know the list of clubs that he's managed. There's no contest in terms of management. And you've got a club that's got three or four players only that are any good. No spine. No soul, no heart, no defense. That's where they are today. Is Mikel Arteta really the guy to build you for the future? And, I, and I'm going to say, I, I think not. Look, at least Tottenham, uh, Daniel Levy has been has had the the testicular fortitude to admit in the papers this last week that you know he doesn't look at Jose Mourinho as a long term solution at the state at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He says, look, he's a great interim. He's a guy that doesn't stick around for 10 years in any one place. But he's a guy that's going to get this squad together, whip us into shape, get us on the right track. And then basically he's going to bugger off somewhere else and we'll pop someone else in. I mean, Tottenham were very, had uh, Mauricio Pochettino. And clearly Pochettino lost the plot or the dressing room or, or just wasn't up for the challenge anymore, which is what I personally think. But look at former players. Leave Ole Gunnar Solskjaer out of this for a minute. 
And I know, you know, everyone's saying you're a Liverpool supporter, you're supposed to hate United, and I do. But I am actually quite protective of OGS because I think what's going on at United is, is, is not his issue, uh, not his problem. I think he's doing an all right job. But look at Frank Lampard. Everyone talked about Lampard, Frank, you know, club legend, blah, blah, blah. And of course, he is all of that and more, don't get me wrong. But you know how difficult it is, right? I mean, he went from, uh, you know, from the golden child to and getting a string of fabulous results to, to you know, they're going to probably get leapfrogged by uh, Tottenham this weekend and drop out of the Champions League contention, at least for the time being. I think Arsenal should have looked bigger, thought bigger, dreamed bigger, shown more bigger ambition. But no, they don't because they're Arsenal and they're owned by the Cronkies. And until that changes, Arsenal are forever going to be mid-table mediocrity. All right, that's what I have to say about Arsenal Football Club. When I come back, I'm going to run down all the remaining Premier League games, give you my opinions. So stay tuned. Uh, By the way, if you've missed any part of the show, you can always check us out at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-B. All right, I'll be right back after this. Hey, look, let's talk for a minute about sleep. And I know it sounds dull, but if you listen to these studies from Harvard and John Hopkins, that chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. Good Lord, I think I've got at least two of those three. We need eight hours of sleep a day, and I can tell you I get nowhere near that. I'm lucky if I get five or six. And you know what one of sleep's biggest problems is? It's temperature. It's tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or you're too cold. Look, I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness, developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. Good Lord, I could use with just a couple of those. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits. It adjusts the temperature automatically for you. That means if you like the bed cool, but your partner likes the bed warm, well, now you can both have it the way you want it at the same time. Look, it's in a crazy comfortable bed as well. Sleep longer, deeper. You wake up refreshed. You're ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, they'll refund your purchase, and they'll arrange for a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, Get 150 bucks off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That's E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro, 8sleep.com slash pro. Go there now. All right, welcome back. Wow, those are great beds, by the way. I, I have one and uh, recommend them highly. Um... Don't need to belabor it anymore, but wow, I mean, my sleep has really improved enormously. Look, let's get on to the matches. Let's start, shall we? Bournemouth, Burnley uh, is the next one we're going to look at here. I promised we'd hit all of them, and uh, we just have a bit of time left, so let's uh, let's do that. Uh, Bournemouth, Burnley is the next match. Burnley coming off uh, that 1-0 home victory against Newcastle, and Bournemouth getting that surprising away victory at Stamford Bridge, which, you know, sort of... And triggered some of my discussions about Frank Lampard. I mean, they've now lost two in a row. They lost Bournemouth at home and Everton away. They also lost uh, to West Ham at home, and they lost to City uh, away, although that means less. So, yeah, let, we'll get to Chelsea in a minute. But, yes, I, I like this game. It should be a good game. Look, I'm actually, to be honest, you're not the biggest Bournemouth fan. I mean, this, this win they had snapped, uh, what was it, a five-game losing streak 
I, I'm just not a big fan of, of, of Bournemouth. They, they can play football, sure. Um, and and they, they play in, in, they have different styles, they play different ways. It's kind of a clash. I don't think this is going to be a particularly great uh, game, by the way. Uh, Burnley, on the other hand, you know, they've been, uh, uh, they've been another team that's had uh, sort of moments of, of great inconsistency this season. They had that three-game losing streak, uh, which they just snapped with that win to Newcastle. Uh, they beat Watford, you know, they beat uh, West Ham, uh, they've beaten Everton, they beat Norwich. I mean, they're beating the teams they should beat. Should they beat Bournemouth? I'm going to say this is a draw. I'm going to take a draw on this one, 1-1 for me. And by the way, when it comes to Burnley, I like Sean Dyche. He's a, he's a, he's a good manager. I'm a big fan. Uh, let's move up to the next one, uh, Brighton Hove Albion against Sheffield United. Uh, this one is... Um, I believe this one is at the Amex, isn't it? Let's take a look here. Uh, yep, this is at the Amex for sure. Okay, so this is at Brighton. Uh, um, I really like the Blades. I don't know what else to say. They're currently sitting in seventh place. They've they've looked. Uh, they still haven't been beaten away from home in eight games this season, and uh, I really like this for them. I, I mean, there's something about this team. There's a belief. There's a swagger. There's a system. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Uh, I I really think uh, the Blades are doing really well. On the other hand, the Seagulls are looking pretty good too. I don't think you can uh, you could really look at Brighton and say, you know, they're not they're not playing well. I mean, they they are they have at times been fantastic. They've had two draws in a row against Crystal Palace uh, and Wolves, and you know, Wolves are a terrific team. Uh, they did lose to Arsenal away, which you know. Losing to Arsenal is questionable. And I know this is at the Amex, but I, I think the Sheffield United run continues here. And I'm going to say Sheffield are going to win this one 1-0. One That's my prediction uh, for this one. Uh, Newcastle Palace is the next one. By the way, I looked at some odds on this Newcastle Palace game. And while I'm talking to you right now, I will pull them up because there was a lot of plus money on this game. And, and I thought that was odd. Uh, let's take a look here at odds, see if that's changed since I looked at it yesterday. Uh, Newcastle, yeah, plus 156. Uh, there are home favorites, but not by a whole, a whole uh, bunch. Now, that line has shortened a bit. Now, they're plus 140. I think that's a terrific bet because, I, you know, I really like – I've come to – look, I, I really like Newcastle. If you listen to me this show, you, you know I'm in Newcastle. I do support Newcastle. I mean, obviously, they're not my club, but – uh, as a Premier League club that I uh, pull for, they are one of them. They had that uh, unlikely loss, shall we say, against Burnley. But, you know, they've had some great results. They beat Southampton, which they needed to do. They beat the Blades at Bramall Lane, which they needed to do. They had that huge draw against City. They did lose uh, to Villa, which was a shocker. But then they had those two wins, uh, two wins and a draw right behind it. Look, I think Steve Bruce has done a remarkable job at um, at Newcastle. Uh, and it's a, but it's at home that they're really, really shining. They've only lost one game at St. James's Park the entire season. And Palace, they've been sitting in the top part of the table, uh, but I don't know. I like Palace as well. They're one of these teams that I, I really do like, and I love to watch Zaha, and I think he's putting himself in the shop window. But, you know, 1-1 at home against Brighton, the nil-nil against Watford... They did beat Bournemouth, yes. They beat uh, Burnley, yes. Uh, 
I don't know. They're all over the place. I, I don't like them for this game. I don't like them at St. James's Park. I like Newcastle for this one. I'm going to say 2-0 uh, to Newcastle. Next up, Norwich versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolves are another of these teams I'm quite fond of. Uh, they are coming off a uh, disappointing home loss to Tottenham. Uh, they hadn't lost before then, and uh, last time was middle of September. I don't think they're going to lose this game. Norwich are basically dead bottom of the table. Well, not quite. Watford's worse off than they are. Uh, Norwich have won uh, three games on the season. They haven't, they've won one in five. Their last outing was a 1-1 against Leicester City, which, by the way, was a surprise given Leicester's current form. Uh, that, for me, was the shock, one of the sh- absolute shock results of last weekend. Um, that was last Saturday's result, and that was um, surprising. I don't know. I don't see Wolves losing two games here in a row. I don't think Norwich have the gumption to get it together to get an away win um, at at Molyneux. And I'm going to go with uh, the home team here. And right now, I will tell you, Wolves are looking at... uh, Sorry, this is great radio, I know. But I know you want the uh, the odds. I'll give them to you. Uh, Wolves are... Pardon me. This is is this at Carrow Road? Yeah, this is at Carrow Road, but I still like I I, I still like Wolves for this one. Uh, Wolves are plus one away, so they are they are big favorites here. Uh, in fact, that's shortened even more. Plus one hundred four, minus one hundred five somewhere. So yeah, every, the the odds makers are definitely uh, agreeing with me that Wolves are going to win this game. Man City Leicester. This is a terrific game. This is at the Etihad. Man City. Uh, you know, look defensively. I think. City have some problems, and, and I've said on numerous occasions on this show, losing Laporte was a massive, massive loss for this club, uh, and they can't count the days until he comes back fast enough. Defensively is where City's frailties have been shown up, and that is why the table is reading where it is right now. It's not that they're not scoring goals, it's that they're conceding goals. Leicester City, on the other hand, uh, are more than capable of scoring goals. But they don't quite have as many goal-scoring options up top as I think some of the other clubs that have caused City trouble, like, for example, United. I mean, Jamie Vardy is their main man. And I think, you know, City are too disciplined. I I do like City at home for this one. I don't think Leicester are going to do it. I think Leicester are going to drop some points. And keep in mind that uh, Liverpool travel to Leicester next. And so uh, if you look at the table and the way the table looks here, I predict City are going to win this one. And, you know, City have proved me wrong a number of times this season so far. And for that, you know, I damn them. Uh, But, yeah, what that'll do is that'll take City to 38 points. Uh, They still won't quite leapfrog Leicester. It's going to take a lot of pressure off Liverpool because their next game at home after the World Club Cup is away at the King Power to face Leicester City. So it's going to be interesting. Keep in mind, Leicester City are 10 points behind Liverpool. So... I don't think they're going to win this game. This is going to be, at best, a draw. Most likely, they're going to lose. Uh, it'll be a good win for City, who have, you know, coming off uh, that uh, win against Arsenal. Uh, you know, I talk about win against Arsenal, and as you heard in the last segment, you know, so what, I think, would be the, the response I'd have. So I'm going to say City going to win this one. Uh, let's take a look. What do we have next? Uh, Watford, Man United. Uh, I'm going to go... 
I don't know, Nigel Pearson's first game in charge was at Anfield. I thought they played pretty well. They didn't win. It was a bit of a boring game, in fairness. Um, you know, I'm going to go for a shocker here. I'm going to say Watford are going to win against United at home. OGS has been on a roll, absolutely. United have been looking a lot better. They haven't lost, actually, since uh, the beginning of November. They had that 1-0 uh, away loss to Bournemouth. Bournemouth. But I don't know. I think Watford are due to get some results. I think Nigel Pearson's a good manager for them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going to say 2-1 for Watford. It's a bit of a shocker. And finally, Tottenham-Chelsea. Uh, this is probably the game of the weekend because what will happen here is if Chelsea lose, Tottenham will leapfrog them in the table on goal differential and they will go into the Champions League spots and Chelsea will fall out of the Champions League spots, at least, you know, for the time being. We're only 17 games in. Obviously, that'll be 18 games. But, you know, look, I, I've said this before. I think a couple of things have happened with Chelsea Football Club. I think number one is uh, I think their lack of depth is, is hurting them. I think the ability of this squad is is capped. I think these are young players. They've got a lot to learn. All of that's true. Uh, but, you know, you saw the Aston Villa 5 a nil over Liverpool's under-23. Uh, youth and talent count for something, but experience and, and news pay count for more. So I, I think at some point, you know, Chelsea are going to run up against a brick wall, and I think we're seeing that a little bit now with some of the results. I'm not sure this is a Frank Lampard problem. And then, and then you, you know, add to that the fact that the transfer window ban has been lifted. So all of a sudden this sort of uh, us versus the world mentality, these kids that were saying to themselves, you know what, we're together for the season no matter what, you know, we're going to do it. Now all of a sudden, you know, the executioner's sword is in sight and they have to, uh, and they're now playing with a lot more pressure because they're playing for their jobs. And I think they're cracking for that. I don't like Chelsea for this game. It's at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mourinho always has his clubs uh, nicely organized and ready to play. And of course, this is a return of uh, Mourinho facing his former club in Chelsea. I like Tottenham Hotspur for this. I like him for this 2-1. Let's take a look at what the bookies say for this one, and then that will probably close out this segment. Uh, Chelsea, let's have a look. By the way, uh, Watford are plus 298. So if you want to go with that one at home, which is what I recommend, you get some nice plus money. It's now, it's now widened. Uh, yeah, Chelsea are... Uh, Tottenham are favorites at plus 154, but there's plus money all the way around if you want to take the money line. All right, that's going to wrap up this segment. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'm going to be right back with more, and I'll wrap it all up here on Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Just a couple of minutes left in the show. Uh, one of the things I didn't mention was the World Club Cup, which is happening on Saturday. It's uh, Liverpool Flamengo in Qatar. You know, it's one of these weird tournaments that's very quick. There's obviously not that many teams in it. I think there's only eight teams that play in it. But it's fairly prestigious, I would say, or has become that way. And I think Liverpool's decision to send the A-team to the World Club Cup, which, as Jurgen Klopp quite rightly pointed out, you know, you only get there if you win the Champions League. And uh, so since Liverpool won the Champions League, it's the honor that they, the honorific, let's put it that way. So uh, that's what he decided to do. Uh, you know, 
Flamengo uh, struggled against Al Hilal in the semifinal, much like, by the way, Liverpool struggled against Monterey, who I thought were terrific in the semifinal. Of course, they were playing a team without Virgil van Dijk, without Jeannie Wijnaldum, without Dejan Lovren, without uh, Roberto Firmino, without Sadio Mane, without Trent Alexander-Arnold. Some of them came on as substitutes. So, I mean, they were playing a, a club with maybe five fewer of the starters uh, but they still put up a great show they did lose uh, in the end i predict liverpool will beat flamengo uh, the copa libertadores champion at the end of the match i don't predict it's going to be a particularly thrilling match by the way these things generally aren't uh but it will be what it is hope you enjoy it and um liverpool were like 16 to 1 favorites when i looked last time for this so a fairly big number if you want to bet it. All right. Well, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my guest, Al Ninos, for coming on from net. You can check him out there. Great handicapper. You know, all sorts of sports there. I'll be back on the air with you on Monday. Let's talk Premier League football. Let's look at what happened over the weekend. Let's talk a little World Club Cup. We'll see if my predictions came true. Uh, but most of all, have a wonderful weekend. Be smart. Be safe. Enjoy the football. And don't forget to tune in on Monday. By the way, find me on Twitter, at McGeeber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Until Monday, have a great weekend. Cheers. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube